So, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I suppose we can throw in some notes about time in here, because at some point it's going to become clear to the listener <laughs> that these are not being recorded contemporaneously. So... Uh, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, then Merry Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas, or Happy Friday if you do not. Um, this episode will actually drop on December 25th of 2015, one week ahead of New Year's Eve. And we decided it would be fun sometimes, sometime before New Year's Eve if we talked about New Year's and traditions around such. And uh, a certain thing sometimes encouraged, often lambasted in personal productivity advice circles, uh, known as New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Katie, any resolutions for the new year? Uh, I think uh, more podcasts. Mm. Uh, How many more? Uh, we'll say eight. I don't know what I'm doing with them yet. Um, <laughs> I just want more in my life. Are you, so. are you, are you making them or consuming them? Um, I might be eating them. I might be mm-hmm. uh, having them on as ambiance in my home twenty four seven. I just I haven't decided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the start. So more more podcasts. Um, but I'm really interested in in locale podcasts. You know, you can't mm-hmm. you can't let these things spiral out of control in the holiday season. Oh, for sure. Yeah, locale, low carb. Uh, mm-hmm. High protein podcast would be good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, actually, um, hold on. Let me uh, let me adjust your levels here. I'm gonna turn up the gain on your protein. Mm, thank you. Okay, there we go. Oh yeah, you sound much better. Good, good. <clears throat> Beefier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beefier podcasts. Yeah, for sure. This is the Midwest, after all. Mm, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. How about for you? Uh, I don't have any New Year's resolutions. Mm. We're having a baby in March. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm going to be lucky if I keep it at this level. Oh, I thought you were saying that that just was going to be the resolution. Like that, <laughs> no, that baby that's, is coming. <laughs> that's that's the whole year right there. We did sort of make it happen. So, well, yeah, but that was you know, that was this year's goal. <laughs> Check. You are listening to Priority, a podcast about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Priority is hosted by Katie Leibman and her brother, Max Leibman. That's me. Today's episode is entitled, A Year is a Thing. For complete show notes, including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm slash 47. Uh, um, I mean, we have we have some big projects. We're we're hoping to move uh, in the new year um, within the city. We're not like leaving um, for anybody listening who's here. Don't worry, don't panic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got some, some you know kind of generic. Uh, you know, make more money, eat less food, exercise more, kind of hopes and intentions. But I don't mm-hmm. I don't think I've at least not yet. I haven't made any actual resolutions. Um, by the time this goes out on December twenty fifth, I might I might have made some. I don't know. But. Mm. Did you last year? Uh, kind of, kind of. Um, it was more like I had like projects in mind. You know, like um, I didn't I didn't really term them as resolutions. It wasn't like I'm going to do these things. Mm. Um, I resolve, and New Year's is this magical time when the calendar flips over, and therefore my goals are magic. Ooh. Mm. Um, 
which isn't quite, I think, what people think, but it's not that far from what people think when they make mm. them. Or they're special. They're special, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm actually, I'm a little bit sympathetic to the specialness. We can maybe talk about that, too, but... Um, to the specialness of goals tied to, to the start of the year. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, my big ones were, there were a bunch of little projects around the house that I wanted to get done, you know, that we'd been putting off between a month and a year and a half. Um, you know, and just some, some general financial and, and physical goals, which, uh, were kind of met in the first case and not at all met in the second case. Um, you know, so I'm I'm right up there with the 92% of Americans who make and fail to keep New Year's resolutions. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, have you have you made actual resolutions in the past? I have. I was trying to remember. The last time might have been when I was in college, so a handful of years ago. Um, and the only. <laughs> I kept debating. I was like, I really hope I can think of another example because the the only example of one I can remember is is stupid, um, <laughs> and it didn't happen. And it, ugh. yeah, yeah. So, I I think I made them before I understood how my life and my work worked. So they were an early version of a David Allen someday maybe list. Mm. sort of slash um, a getting things done system um so i had my daily to-do lists and then i had new year's resolutions and then nothing in between um, okay you only and then had two horizons <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and then everything got more nuance and detail to it <laughs> sure. and then i stopped with the resolutions no yeah. the one resolution i can remember and i'm sure if i um you know, I have physical journals from that time, so I'm sure I could find more. I don't, uh, maybe we'll have to have fake follow-up because I, I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> the one I can think of, uh, it was, so I had, I had had a boyfriend in high school, and I hadn't yet started dating the, the human who is now my husband. Mm. Um, so I made some dumbass goal about... Um, you know, going on one date a month or something like that oh. um, for the whole year, and it was going to be this big yearly goal. Mm-hmm. Um, or a Cosmo article. Something, something. And that's why now I'm looking back. I was like, what? Why did I even say that? It, it didn't happen <laughs> in January. I never revisited it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a conscious goal throughout the year. And then life just sort of happened anyway. So I don't know. Yeah. No idea. Hmm. Yeah. But maybe the only thing I can think is, you know, maybe it is that um, there's a particular energy when we're approaching a new year, sort of like other milestones where, um, you know, we're encouraged to look back and reassess and look forward. Um, so I'm thinking again of um, an old uh, post of mine that I, I referenced in a much previous episode about Janice, the Mm-hmm. ancient god um who looks both forward and backward yes for whom um, the month of february is named you bet hashtag history um <laughs> yeah good old janice so it is a it is a great moment because we can take in all of the last year think about what it as a unit has meant look forward and say okay well when we're doing this next year what do we want to be thinking about mm-hmm. you know what do we yeah. want to be able to say that we did in that year Oh, for sure. That sort of stuff. And in my case, that was 12 men, apparently. 
<laughs> uh, cut all this out. Yeah. We'll cut some of it out. Um, Katie's drunk on goals. <laughs> uh, my resolution is to cut less of this out. Um, <laughs> yeah, in the new year, in the new year, let's have a podcast. We need to edit less. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, um, I think there's, there's something you said in there that I, I want to seize on for a moment. And that's, that's this idea of like there being a different energy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the looking, looking forward and looking back, I will, I will totally agree with the people who roll their eyes and say, you know, including, including some people who I won't name right now, but who, you know, are, I am a fan of their work otherwise. And I frequently quote on this podcast who say things like, you know, oh, there's nothing magic about the calendar flipping over, you know, mm-hmm. January one, it's just another, you know, it's a day on the calendar. I don't know mm-hmm. how that makes your goals more attainable. Mm. And you know what? That's, that's all very true. That's all super, super duper true. Um, but that being said, um, whether it's culture or whether it's, it's, um, (laughs) in my case, the culture of companies that make day planners in which I am deeply steeped, um, or, or what have you, we do have, there is a mystique about the start of the year. You know, we do have a certain kind of energy and even if it's wholly manufactured, um, even if it's something that that isn't doesn't have anything to do with that particular day being that particular day, um, it's there. It does feel in a certain way like a like a clean slate. Um, I will say I I agree with critique critiques of and critics of um, New Year's resolutions that like you know just because it's January one doesn't mean you're a new person. Mm-hmm. You know don't try to change everything all at once. Don't don't make a gigantic goal that you haven't built any infrastructure for. Um, you know, and then expect it just to magically start working because it's January 1st. But at the same time, there's a little, there is a little boost to be had there. Mm -hmm. Um, It does feel like a clean slate. And even if all of you does come along and by January 2nd, you'll realize you're still the same person you were on December 30th. um, That doesn't mean that there isn't a little oomph to be had at the very beginning of the year. If you want to start something new. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, a year, a year is a thing. Um, it is not a wholly artificial thing. It's wholly artificial that we start our year on January 1st, you know, on, on the day of that 365 and a quarter day rotation around the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that, that's a complete accident of history. That's the day we start on, but a year is a year. Like that's a thing in nature. Um, and even if it's just our arbitrary thing, because we happen to be the intelligent life right here on this particular planet, that's who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that is a useful way to mark time. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's an interesting unit of time. It's small enough that we can still imagine and plan and, and we can reasonably assume what things will look like 12 months from now, at least at a certain, certain abstraction. Um, I can assume that cell phones will not be paper thin and completely transparent when they're turned off on December 31st of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can assume that cars will not for the most part fly on December 31st of this coming year. Um, and I can also assume that I probably will not run a hundred mile super marathon in the Nevada desert by December 31st of the new year. Ugh. Um, but it's so, you know, it's, it's a reasonably small amount of time where I can, I can make certain assumptions about the state of the world and possibly the state of myself, but it's also big enough that I could get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't lose 20 pounds by next week. Uh, I can lose 20 pounds by the end of next year. I'm mm-hmm. not likely to statistically, but I totally can. I totally can in healthy ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a ridiculous thing. I couldn't do that in a day in a healthy <laughs> way. Could not. Right. But 
you know, mm-hmm. I, a year is an amount of time when you could you could grow your income by twenty percent a year. You probably couldn't do that tomorrow. I, I don't know, unless you're making like a hundred dollars a week, in which case, you know, go go pick up a job cleaning bathrooms in an office building for ten dollars an hour for two hours a week, and you're there. Um, if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you probably can't jump twenty percent tomorrow, but you can do it in a year mm-hmm. if you put mm-hmm. your mind to it, and if you're a little bit lucky. But you know, yeah. So I think, I think a year is, I think a year is a real thing and I don't think it's such a bad thing to say it starts today. So I'm going to start tracking my year today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking of two things So we've talked previously on the podcast about the role of hope. Um, So not just thinking about things optimistically, but also um, not limiting yourself, you know, and I think you're right that a year is a very manageable amount of time to imagine mm-hmm. um, in a possibility creating kind of way. It inspires that sort of big picture thinking. Um, you know, there's various versions of, of questions about how to imagine and, and articulate what you want out of life. So people might say, okay, well, where do you want to, where do you see yourself in five years or where do you want to be in five years? Mm-hmm. Um and it is kind of fun to have that invitation at the end of the year to say, okay, well, at the end of next year, like I mentioned earlier, what do I want to be able to say that I accomplished? Um, you know, if I don't like where I am right now, I've just reassessed the previous year. Where do I want to be at the end of next year? Mm-hmm. And then how do I work back from that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and to even, yeah, to, I think a lot of this, um, there is maybe a little bit too much of this at New Year's, but a lot of a lot of the the kind of self helpy and spiritual sort of self help literature says there's a lot of power in just starting something, um, hmm. you know. And I think I think one thing one advantage that New Year's goals might give us, like if you do have that picture in your mind of where you want to go, like we all we all probably have one of those, even if we're not into setting resolutions, even if it's nowhere near the first of the year. You know, you probably have some some state in your mind that is better than what's going on that you would like. Mm-hmm. Um, an awful lot of people have a lot of those that they walk around all day with those in their head and they never actually begin them. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that every goal begun, you know, there's there's some trite little phrase about, you know, a, a goal begun is half done or something. <laughs> um, I don't think that's true, but you won't finish it if you don't start it. Uh, and I think people are more likely to start things this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking about was as a person who likes messing with data and likes tracking things, there is something nice and clean about being able to track a project from the first of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's really appealing just in Absolutely. A data sense. Yeah. And I've, I I will say too, I'll, I'll reiterate my warning from um, several episodes ago when we talked about, I think when we talked about data and measurement, um, uh, I do also think it's a very, very good demotivator if you start something like that and then you screw it up. So um, mm-hmm. be serious if, you, if you're if you using that as part of your motivational mojo, you know, that you're going to have a solid year starting on January 1 of, you know, tracking your calories every day or doing, mm-hmm. you know, exercising or reading or whatever every day. Um, I would say either either build in a certain number of, like, missed days or skip days. Like, you know, your goal is I'm going to do this at least six days out of the week for the year. Um, or something. Cause you know, it's, it's super cool to say, oh, it's, you know, what would say February 10th It's February 10th. And for 41 days, I've done this thing. 
Uh, but then if you screw it up on February 11th, it's like, oh, I'm back at zero. <laughs> and if I start now, then it's not the whole year. <sighs> Never mind. Where's the potato chips? <laughs> Those cheese fries, man. No, seriously, where's the potato chips? Mm-hmm. In here somewhere. Anyhow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I'll, I, I hear you. I'll stick by it. Um, yeah. No, about the- and and I will say, I will say, when it works, like when you actually do that, it is super motivating. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm thinking of is the flip side. Like my um, uh, food and activity tracking that I do that I've talked about previously on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not start it at any particular milestone or landmark in the in the year. Mm-hmm. So. I, I track it by week and it's just numbered weeks. But even just now I was thinking, I don't know when I actually started this because I just, they're just numbered weeks. I don't even, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing about when I started or, right. um, you, you don't have a, you don't have a food reversary. No, no. And I was just thinking, I was like, I don't even know what it would be. Cause I also went through two phases of this. So I've been doing it consistently you could say consistently for maybe three years, but there was a span of weeks somewhere in the middle that I, I dropped it. Just, I, I consciously, um, well, I realized I was not really tracking anything anymore for a while. So I just Mm -hmm. stopped doing it and I took a hiatus. Um, (laughs) and then I realized I was not being a terribly healthy person. So I got back into it. (laughs) Mm. I was like, Oh, now I'm really not paying attention to what I eat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. I am worse off. <laughs> Great I, experiment, Katie. Now put down the donut. Yeah, my longest run with my fitness pal, I also did not start. I think it was in April or May of, of 2013. Like I had a good solid eight-month run or something where I was hmm. doing it every day. But um, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't like on – it wasn't even the first of a month mm-hmm. or, or a significant anniversary of anything. Right. I just – you know, I'd had a couple false starts and then I started doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to my point, like that count became super motivating to keep up with until I broke it. Right. And I've never had a streak anywhere near that since. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just started one yesterday though, though so it's going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe that's why New Year's hasn't taken on a particular significance for me as an adult is that if I'm, if I want to do something, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to start when I think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? But yeah, you're not going to save it up. Yeah, yeah. Like if I if I want something to happen, I'm going to at least start thinking on it the day that I start thinking on it, um, mm-hmm. like a gentleman. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is, I, the landmarks. You know, I mentioned milestones too. The types of things that are motivating for me just sort of. Um, I, I don't always like this word because I know other people don't like it. Um, they just sort of occur organically, right? Mm-hmm. It's things like, um, oh, well, this is convenient. So-and-so's wedding is coming up. Um, I'm going to have this fitness goal aligned with that just for kicks, you know, because sure. I'll get to see people and wear a fun dress. So Yeah, the, the perennial swimsuit season is right. coming up. <laughs> Max, are you bikini ready? Mm-hmm. Great. I am I am ready to not wear a bikini. Oh, I see. Bikini, I've prepared, not I've prepared ready. my entire life for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> to not be bikini ready. Yeah. <laughs> and bikini ready by New Year's. Bikini ready by New Year's. Um, yeah. 
Uh, I'm I'm gonna lose all the points for not saying it, so I'm gonna say it now. But aren't you proud of me when when I said I am bikini ready? F- that I didn't go for the obvious joke and say I'm ready to see some bikinis. That's not the obvious joke. That's gross. That's the super obvious joke. Go away. <laughs> that's not how my brain works. Uh, well, you know, that's um, I have no joke for that. Okay. <laughs> da, 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 uh, da. Well, joke-free Mondays. <laughs> Uh, well, we are funnier on Saturday. That's what I've concluded. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah, I do, um, I like I prefer my landmarks to be organic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm, if I can, if I can tease something out here, or would you even go so far as to say? I mean, it's a little early for the practical stuff. It's only twenty one minutes in, but um, would you even go so far as to say, like, if you have an idea for a New Year's resolution, one tip might be: don't wait for New Year's. Hmm. I think that's fair. Um, or find anchors that work for you. So I'm, I'm, I want to think of other examples that aren't just the the fitnessy ones. Yeah, not but... just getting bikini ready before your best friend's wedding. <laughs> right, right. Um, and applying the appropriate statistical models um, in your bikini. Um, I'm thinking of... Um, I've got a friend who in her sort of fitness transformation, I mean, this friend lost over 100 pounds um, across a couple of years. Um, But I know because she would post about it on Facebook and things like this, this gal would, uh, was very driven by, by whether it was um, a race that she had signed up for, you know, like a run in the city in which she lives um, or her own wedding or other big life events with her family um, she had really rigorous fitness routines going throughout these years where she was working on, on this big, you know, fitness and lifestyle transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when she, after she got married, uh, she, you know, w- would post every once in a while about goings on at her gym or, you know, something funny that had happened at the gym and stuff like that, just sort of normal social media outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at one point she finally posted, she's like, okay, it finally hit me. Wedding's over. This race is over. I've already done this type of race, blah, 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 blah. What other things do people do to look forward to? Like what, what (laughs) do you, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. what, I can't remember how she said it, but what are you working out for? You know, like what is your next thing? So she was well, looking for ideas yeah, for you the, know, what's my next landmark. The depressing answer is um, to uh, forestall the inevitable decline. Right, right. No, and even though I was, a, I was saying that, I was like, oh, your forties and your fifties is what you're looking forward to. Ooh, yeah, you're working like, out. Uh, your general health as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, what she's what she's saying though is is something like broadening out from resolutions. It's something that is a. Um, a supposedly common problem. I think most people who, who like even bother to set goals, it's not that common a problem because they don't really reach them. But uh, supposedly a common problem with, with goal setting is like, what do you do when you pay all your goals? Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that Stephen Covey has, has a phrase for that is, I think I particularly like, which is, is, you know, we are in our culture, very prone to climbing the ladder that's in front of us uh, without asking before we get to the top of it, if it's leaning against the right wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and you know, there's, I, I think there's, there's a couple ways to look at that. I mean, there's people who, who do something like she did, like she's reached the goal, she's achieved the thing, but it's like, okay, now what? 
Mm-hmm. You know, do I do a reset for a bigger goal? What other kind of stuff is there? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also people who do things like that. And, and I think less often with fitness, more often with things like, you know, money, career, um, who will who will reach those kind of big goals that they've been looking forward to for a long time and say, oh, but but I'm still me. I'm not happy. Like, my life is still in shambles. Like, what was the point of all this? Was this even the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Uh I think what she's she's run into a milder, like nicer version of that. But you know, the 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 thing is about goals. Um, you need to know why you're chasing after them, mm-hmm. and you also need to have a realistic outlook on whether you know what what it's going to do for you when you get there. Are you going to be super happy and complete, or is it going to be like, oh crap, now what do I do? Yeah. Well, in this case, and I'm I'm trying to get my head around it. It's almost like. It's okay to to mix up which is the means and which is the end, mm-hmm. you know. If because again, if the if the point is motivation, then yeah, absolutely, do what you need to do. If it's if it's all leading to the leading to the right place for the right reason, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not like she got to that point and said, "Oh, I guess I should stop now." Right. <laughs> you know, um, she sort of recognized it as a. Uh, um, not a moment of crisis, but she'd recognized it as an mm-hmm. issue. Like, oh yes, like I'm, I'm going to get really bored here if I don't do something, if I don't yeah. reframe this progress. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, it's, um, uh, I could talk, I, I'll slip in here. One of, one of my new year's resolutions that I achieved, um, uh, one of my more successful years where I did bother with goals or resolutions at the new year that were really specific in 2005, December of 2005, I set four goals for 2006, a couple of which were pretty lofty. The other two were fairly mundane. Um, And I achieved one from each of those two categories. One of the Mm -hmm. goals I set out for myself, I read a lot of nonfiction books in 2005. Um, Mm -hmm. As it happened, I was unemployed for six weeks in in the summer. I didn't have much to do. So I did a lot of reading, and I kept that up after I got a job. Uh, And I set a goal. I said, I'm going to read 50 nonfiction books this year. Um, which I did. I think I, I think I finished in September. Um, might've even been August. Uh, I do know very early on, I got a, I got a big lead on it. Cause you know, basically to do 50 in a year, you need to do close to one a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you get, you get two by weeks and I kind of started <laughs> the year figuring like, you know, those would probably be, be the big summer conference that we were going to. And also Christmas mm-hmm. or something as, as it happened though, I blew through like, you know, I don't know, 20 in the first two and a half, three months of the year. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, it was, it was a lofty goal. It was, it took a lot of my focus and attention. I learned a lot of things which served me very well. Um, as it happens, a lot of the, the businessy books as well as, um, sort of popular social science books I read served me very well in psychology classes I was taking, uh, that fall and beyond. Um, that was also one of my, my four goals that year was to return to school full time, which I did. Um, but, after I hit that goal, like the next year, I did not read 50 nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. I have not done that in a year since. <laughs> Generally, these days, if I start a nonfiction book, um, which I do, I do fairly often still, um, I only finish about half of them, and it usually takes multiple weeks. Um, unless I'm listening on Audible, that's that's a little different. <laughs> An Audible book I can usually chew up in about a week. <laughs> so. A question for you then. Mm-hmm. What was what was the driving force behind setting that goal? Well, I think a big part of it was that I had read so much the previous year and had really enjoyed it. And I don't know, it was it was at a time where um I had read just enough of 
um, business and organization and self-help and psychology books to feel like there was value there, um, but not quite so much to know better. <laughs> uh, and a lot of what I read, like I didn't just read, I also read history and biography and, and some other things, but um, I don't know. I it, I really felt like uh, not every book I lay my hands on, even in those categories, is that helpful. But there's often like one or two cool little tips or tricks, um, one or two cool little ideas. And even when there's not, sometimes like I can read it and say, okay, this totally isn't for me, but I feel super jazzed about, you know, business or whatever. Um, <laughs> happiness. Uh, I feel super excited about something that has to do with this now. So why don't I just keep reading books like this? Mm -hmm. um, so that was a lot of it. And some of it too was just, you know, I was, I was, I was interested in learning things at that time. Um, Good. it's not to say that I'm not now <laughs> learning, <laughs> but I was yeah, going back to our curiosity episode. I think at that moment I had more curiosity about more things <laughs> than I do now. I had not really landed on quite so tightly what I am interested in, <laughs> um, as I am now. Mm. And I mean, it just sounded audacious. Yeah. You know, there is, there is, I do have that snotty little, little like, you know, self-important biography of a billionaire thing inside of me where like I like things that sound like oh that'll never work mm. you know, nobody reads 50 non-fiction books in a year get real except I did except I did <laughs> I didn't I didn't make an app that got me a billion dollars when I sold my company but you know I read 50 books in a year so mm -hmm. go mm -hmm. go me something to shake a stick at as somebody says yeah yeah and it's like and for somebody who hasn't done that I recommend you like set a goal like 10 <laughs> <laughs> or if you haven't read a nonfiction book in a long time, you want to make that your resolution, maybe pick five. <laughs> um, you know, make it something achievable for you. I knew I could do this because I had gone through more than 30 the previous year. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know, there were there were things, there were affordances I had as well through the job that I had that at that time, you know, at Franklin Covey, um, that were putting a lot of books in front of me as well as a lot of time to read them mm -hmm. um, that I, I would not have again in quite the same way so sure you know but yeah it's i don't know all that stuff mm -hmm. audacity learning yeah tips and tricks right right um yeah i don't know now i'm i'm almost wondering if i did set new year's resolutions i wonder what they would be Mm. Um, as we warned the listener, we are, we are speaking to you from the past. <laughs> um, so I have time yet. I could think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It might be a good moment. Um, you know, if we ever do a getting things done episode, I'll have to confront this eventually. Um, yeah, I, I'm not terribly good at the big, big level thinking. Mm -hmm. I am for certain things. Um, but I mean the really high altitude stuff. Mm -hmm. So it might be a good excuse to yeah. think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think it's a nice, um, it is a nice time to reflect on those things, even if you don't come up with anything. Mm -hmm. um, David Allen talks in Making It All Work about um, how he and his wife Catherine at New Year's do this thing where they, they just, you know, have a nice relaxing evening, have a nice dinner, have a bottle of wine, and they just sort of look back over the year and, and kind of make a list of what the big milestones they achieved, things they did, things they, and not just like, you know, hey, or you know, the David Allen company grew by 20% this year. Um, but things like, you know, hey, we, we went to Amsterdam. You know, hey, we held a 
baby tiger. Um, you know, cool, cool moments and, and experiences as well as big goals achieved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they make another list of like, you know, what would we want that list to look like at the end of the next year? Mm-hmm. Um, and being David and Catherine Allen, I'm sure after that they processed that list rigorously and turned it into projects and actions and da 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 da. But the way mm-hmm. he talks about it is sort of a much, much more casual, higher level, just like, what would we like this to look like a year from now? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even if you don't really have a system by which you manage your time, that's not a bad exercise. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if you, if you poo poo New Year's resolutions or you feel the holidays isn't a good time to think about that, then pick some other, you know, do it around your birthday, you know, do it around your anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, do it, do it at the start of the school year. If you or your kids or anybody around you is, is tied into that particular rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, pick, pick the moment that works for you. If you have a certain vacation you take at the same time every year, do it then. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think just turning it into a reflective process, um, rather than a, like, this is why I'm on the planet. Um, or this is exactly where I want to be five years from now. Um, just kind of thinking about it in terms of, well, what did I do the last year that I'm glad I did? And, you know, this next year, having thought about that, what could I do that's maybe a little better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking about them as, as if they're two completely distinct lines of thinking, but I think the reflective stuff begs all the, the future imagining. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think, so here's maybe a practical takeaway for Katie, because as we know, the show is for me to think out my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I wonder, I mentioned off air that, um, you know, I, I'm practically at the end of, of the semester. I've, I've sent my students off into the world uh, to do as they will. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this happens to me every semester and everything's just so wild and weird that I forget about it. But I always get this weird feeling when I'm in between the last day with students and my final obligation to my institution, you know, for the semester before we're really, you know, officially into the next one um, or everything I'm doing, you know, closing out the semester and and really turning to the next one. Um, I get a weird feeling in that transitional moment. so maybe I'll apply some of this and think about what what type of review and reflection do I want to do to close out the semester just for myself, um, you know, even before I start doing my new schedule for next semester and, and mapping out the day-to-day stuff and all that. Because mm-hmm. um, there is some thinking that I think I, I, you know, I sort of bowl through some things because I want to get them done and close them out. So, you know, I, I collect reflections from my students in addition to the course evaluations that every institutional course does. Um, you know, I process that pretty quickly and, and then file it away. But, you know, this would be a good time to go back through some of that stuff because I'm not yeah. quite ready to jump into next semester. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing about all this that I'll say too is after you do that, you might be quite ready. Mm-hmm. You might be chomping at the bit in a different way, even even if you're not dreading it right now. Um, that's <laughs> a, a David Allenism that relates to all this that I think is worth sharing. And anybody who doubts the power of this stuff, like even if you're not going to set New Year's resolutions, why I would encourage you to to at least do some reflecting on on the year behind and and definitely on the year ahead. Um, and I think I've quoted this on the podcast before, but but something he says in Ready for Anything is um, you know the value of a future goal is the present change in behavior that it fosters. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's not it's not just about getting there. You know, going back to the example of like after you've you've made it to the marathon and completed it, and you've you've gotten in shape for the wedding and whatever else. You know, what do you do now? Um, you you made a comment about there you know there being sort of a, a interplay between the the means and the end. Um, a lot of the value of the goal is it it might make you hopeful or excited or interested enough to actually engage in those means, mm-hmm. um, which itself I I think is often you know uh, again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that just because you begun it you'll finish it but <laughs> a lot of this stuff to to even begin it you know makes you better off. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't lose twenty pounds this year but you do become a regular exerciser and lose a few pounds, you know you're better off than if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can cut all this out. Just trying to think of an alternative to that. Uh, man, so much of my inspirational stuff is just me harping on stuff that I don't like. So it's not inspirational. Ugh, that quotation that shows up on everything, um, shoot for the moon, and even if you miss, you will land among the stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which, I mean, technically is is true because we're already among the stars in that sense. I mean, there's right? stars in every direction. Uh, shoot for the smorgasbord, because even if you miss, you'll land among the buffet. <laughs> trying to think of yeah. something that would speak more to me. <laughs> uh, shoot for the pineapple, because even if you miss, you will land among the produce. Mm-hmm. And be a producer. I, uh, I, um... <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, they say if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Thanks, Wayne Gretzky. Mm, I don't think that one was Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Um, William Tell. <laughs> I was thinking maybe Zig Ziglar. I don't know. <sighs> Wayne Gretzky says uh, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Um, it's a little bit different, but same idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm... I have various times have been a fan of that idea of like, you know, you set the, um, the big, hairy, audacious goal, um, which, uh, in the business literature I have seen actually written as an acronym, sometimes pronounced bag, sometimes pronounced BHAG, um, what both of which I think are a bad idea, but the BHAG is a super bad idea. Um, don't pronounce it BHAG. What's wrong with you? Uh. Um, but, uh, I, you know, the idea that if you set a crazy big goal, you'll at least walk away with something worthwhile. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it sounds, it sounds intuitively kind of right. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, if I aim to make a million dollars a year and I just merely end up making $250,000 a year, well, I'm still in the 1%. I'm still doing super great. So, you know, <laughs> go me. Um, on the other hand, I, I do also worry about that situation Unless you are super not attached to money and this is just an abstraction you've chosen to like, you know, peg your goal to because you you feel like you need something to measure. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you'd be very happy if you were if you were aiming for a million and ended up at two hundred and fifty thousand. The same way somebody who wants to make forty thousand dollars a year and is stuck somehow at ten is not Mm -hmm. going to be very happy. Um, I mean, there's also an issue of privation there, but even even at that crazy hardly anybody has a level of a quarter of a million dollars, I think you're going to feel privation even if it's made up if you mm-hmm. had if you had pegged your internal thermostat to a million. Um, yeah, I think you know? you're, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot in the psychology of choice that suggests that's true. 
because um, if you chose the benchmark, mm-hmm. it is your it is your your point of relativity. So right, two hundred fifty thousand is oh god, I only got to one fourth of my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, that number was the thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Oh, there was a. It was just featured really briefly on NPR, but there's research about salary comparison that suggests something really similar. Um, So basically, it's not so much what the actual value is, what the actual number is, but how it compares, for instance, to your coworkers. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically saying people feel much more satisfied with, say, um, making $40,000 a year when that's exactly the same as what their coworkers make, then if they make forty thousand a year, but the coworkers all make forty five thousand dollars mm-hmm. a year. Well, and I think it's I, I don't know the NPR story you mean, but I've I've heard similar research and we can we can dig some up for show notes. And I think it's even more pernicious than that. Um, people I think will often uh, if you if you very carefully survey them to make sure you're getting the honest answers, people feel better about making uh, $40,000 when everyone around them makes 35. Yeah. yeah. Then they, then mm-hmm. they do about making $50,000 when everyone around them makes 55. Yeah. Like yep. you're materially better off by $10,000, but if your peer group is ahead of you and you're making 10,000 more dollars, mm-hmm. you feel worse. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a, I, that, that specific finding might have been mentioned in, um, I mentioned mentioned Taleb's books, The Fooled by Randomness and The Black Swan, in recent episodes. And uh, I think he references that specific phenomenon, but he also has a very just practical, like, you know, thought experiment example. Um, if you are in sort of your starter house in a kind of rundown, you know, lower to middle, middle class neighborhood, um, and then you get a better job and then a better job and you have a couple really good years and you're doing really well and suddenly you're making six figures, you might feel really great. But then if you move into the the you know cheapest house, the only one you could afford in a really nice neighborhood with a really great school surrounded by, you know, CEOs and um, app store millionaires and, and other people like that, uh, all of a sudden you are again at the low end of the income totem pole in your neighborhood and you suddenly don't feel so good about what you make. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I... I'm having deja vu a little bit, so either <laughs> you've told me about this recently, or it was also <laughs> in the story, or it's just that all the stuff I listen to is is similar. Because <laughs> mm. I feel like I've heard that recently. Yeah, because I mean, it is all about these relative relationships. Um, and in your example too, this idea of um, the the income and social treadmills of life, um, we also adapt at each level, right? So we get comfortable with what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and the comfort, comfortable and familiar is less exciting. So it's less pleasing. Right. Which is really freaky. It's like, well, no wonder we feel the way we do so often. (laughs) Ridiculous. So all that is to say, maybe take that New Year's feeling as often as you can get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think keep in mind whatever kind of resolution you're setting, um, Keep in mind, too, what you're doing it for. Um, Mm -hmm. We talked a few episodes about asking why. Uh, And if you're just doing it for the fun of it, that's great. If you're doing it because you think it will get you something else, that's also great. I mean, we talked about fitness and (laughs) romantic relationships, you know. Sometimes these things do somewhat go hand in hand, you know. Fitness and relationships. Hitting your fitness goal might give you more confidence, which might make you better at dating. I don't know. It could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
But I think it's also worth asking yourself why you're really doing something and taking a look around and figuring out if that's to the extent that you can. I know this is super hard to do. Um, <laughs> psychology research suggests it's even harder to do than you think. But to, to really ask, like, why am I doing this? And, and is that reason, you know, will this satisfy that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if your goal is because I think this will make me happy, which a lot of these are, uh, it might help to ask yourself when you've done anything like that in the past and how happy it really made you. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's super happy. Um, again, my 50 books in a year. I thought it would be interesting. I thought it would be fun. I thought it would feel good to have done. All of that was true. It didn't really lead to anything, um, which is, is also kind of good. Like I didn't say, okay, next year I'm going to read 60 nonfiction books in a year. <laughs> uh, it just kind of went by the wayside. But I had some idea what that was going to feel like because I'd done a smaller version of it the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I was saying I'm going to lose 50 pounds this next year, cause that will feel really good. And then I will find the love of my life and everything will be perfect. And angels will sing and birds will help me dress and it will be a fairy tale. Uh, you know, that is a fairy tale, mm-hmm. you know, think, think very clearly about, uh, if you want to be the person who does the things that get you that that new year's resolution you have Mm -hmm. and if people you know who do those things and have those things seem to like them very much Mm. because if you're if you're just doing them to feel a little bit better you know well you'll probably feel a little bit better if it's a health and fitness related goal and you actually do it but i mean to emotionally feel a little bit better i think it's worth asking yourself if that's really the best way to get that Mm. um and if it's not you still might want to do it i mean it's still a good idea to you know Mm-hmm. eat less and exercise more. But you might want to think about also putting something in there that's actually going to make you happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, do that. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year! Indeed. Yeah, one, I, I thought of this too as, as you were explaining. Um, one other sort of practical nugget I would have people think about just because I know... Um, it's helpful for me when I do this check, and I also feel like when I'm helping other people think through their plans, this is probably one of the easiest sorting strategies um, out there. Um, make sure you're recognizing what what is within your control and what is without it, without without of your control. Cut mm-hmm. all this out. Um, and what's not in your control, <laughs> right? Um, apparently, my language at this moment out of my control. I'm not mm-hmm. going to worry about it. Um, you know, there are some outcomes that you can set yourself up for it to happen. So I was thinking of, um, you know, maybe one of my resolutions could be something about um, sending out more of my creative writing to journals and things like that, to magazines and things. Um, It would be foolish to propose, um, well, maybe not foolish, that could be debatable, Um, but I wouldn't want to propose a resolution that, that says I'm going to get X number of short stories mm-hmm. or essays placed in X number of magazines. Sure. I can't control that. I can do everything possible to make that a potential. Uh, but those selections are not something I have any control over. Mm-hmm. So instead, you know, I could say um, send X number of pieces out to X number of places. Right. Or right. this many per month, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. In in like a sales context, there's there's um, everybody always has their sales goal often set you know by their manager or their company or whatever. But sometimes people have their own. You know, it's, I want to do this much in sales next year, and that's great. 
like, you know, at some point somebody has to have that number because they need it for budgeting. But um, the thing that you can control is, you know, what you are doing to get those sales, mm-hmm. not whether or not anybody buys. Right. Um, and if you believe otherwise, then, um, you know, you, you are probably a good candidate for a uh, sales seminar that I'm putting on at the cost of $1,000 a seat. Nick, no, just kidding. Um, Yay! <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's really good. Focus on what you can control. Um, my only other practical thing that I looked up, um, and actually as we were talking, um, I had just found this article, uh, from a scientific journal, um, by, uh, several researchers. Um, but I realized that I actually, uh, know of a TED talk, uh, given by Derek Sievers that I believe touches on this exact paper and if not similar research. So I'm going to link to both in the show notes because the Sievers video is probably more likely to get watched than the journal article is to get read. Um, it's actually really good. And I exchanged a couple of emails with him about this video. Uh, he's a super nice guy. Um, but he, the, the, the gist of the research though, um, is that uh, when you tell people about your goals, when you tell people about, say, a New Year's resolution or, or even just a goal in general, um, sometimes it is demotivating in a way because uh, in the act of telling people very often, especially if they're your friends or colleagues, people are very socially supportive when they hear goals, um, when they hear cool-sounding intentions. And mm-hmm. getting that social reinforcement can often sort of trick your brain into feeling like you've already achieved something. And make you less likely to pursue it. Um, an example from the abstract of the paper is, um, you know, among among legal students, you know, who are obviously aspiring to be lawyers, um, if they express an intention to read, to to more regularly read articles in law journals, um, if they express that to other people and get positive feedback about it, they're less likely to actually do it mm-hmm. than people who announce it and get ignored, or people who keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think Seavers puts it really well because, you know, there's also advice out there saying, well, you know, make sure somebody knows your resolution. Get some accountability. Well, that's exactly right. If you're telling people about your resolution, tell somebody that you trust to be honest with you about how you're doing. Tell mm-hmm. somebody you could stand to tell how you're doing as you go. And as, as Seavers puts it so well, and tell them, look, I'm telling you I want to do this thing because I really want you to want to do it. And if I'm not doing what I say I'm going to do, I want you to kick my ass and make me do it. Right. So, so I'd say, you know, if you're going to make New Year's resolutions for New Year's, be careful who you tell. <laughs> Santa's always listening, so. <laughs> you better not, better not shout. Um, he knows when you have not met your resolutions. He knows when you're awake. Think about that. That is some serious surveillance right there. When you just said, think about it right after, I was thinking of Cecily Strong's character, the girl you wish you hadn't started talking to at a party. Learn a book. I mean, there are people in Africa right now. <laughs> just think about it. <laughs> Learn a book, Seth. Uh, yeah. You bet. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to her at New Year's. Not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. that's a party that I do not want to be at, um, mm-hmm. which is to say that's a party. Da, 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 da. Hmm. Did we do it? I think we did it. Uh, Alt Lang Sign, etc. You have been listening to Priority. Once again, for complete show notes, or if you'd like to send us feedback via email or subscribe to the show, 
visit us on the web at priority.fm. If you enjoyed the program today, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review, as that will help new listeners find the show. Also, if you're interested in getting updates or communicating with us via tweets, follow us on Twitter, where we are at PriorityFM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y-F-M. Thanks again for listening. funnier on saturday that's what i've concluded is that right yeah do we need some statistical modeling for that uh Um, if only we knew somebody who not not with bikinis (laughs) different different kind of modeling yeah yeah i don't i don't want to confuse the listener now i'm I'm picturing uh billy in a in a bathing suit like reclining in a in a uh you know modeling kind of pose and he's like got a calculator (laughs) statistical modeling Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. That is a really good math department fundraiser idea. <laughs> Make a calendar. They're, you know, they're going to have to do the legwork. They'll have to run with that one. I'm just the, the idea work. guy. <laughs> See, this is so uh, not joke-free Monday. This is what, joke-full Monday. What has happened to the show? <laughs> <laughs>